Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Out of the depths I have secured thee. I knew your name before you were born. I knew you before the earth was formed. I'm the one that saves. You don't. I'm the one that saves. You don't. Let me save you. Let me save you. Don't fear. Don't yield to that fear. I didn't give you fear. I saved you. I paid for you. I worked for you. Now, honor me. Glorify me. Seek me. And walk with me through eternity. Amen. If you don't know what that is, that is the gift of tongues and interpretation for those of us that are just learning. Now, let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. Open our eyes that we can see. Father, you said that whatever we ask, you would grant unto us if it was according to your will. Well, this is according to your will. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our meetings are based on 1 Peter 3, 1 through 4. I'm not going to read it, but the last verse, let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is of great Christ, when we are in walking in the peace of God, when we have Jesus in us, you will have the quiet and meek spirit of Jesus in you. You'll be at peace, and our goal, be at peace all the time. And then when we come up against the devil, in peace, we are a raging warrior. Now, if you will go to John chapter 10, verse 35, Jesus speaking. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and this is the phrase, and the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. You can stand. There is your anchor. There is your truth. There is what you can bet the farm on. The word of God cannot be broken. And you know who said that? The word. The word himself said it. Now, we are going to look at today, I said last week we started a mini-series, and it's you're in a war. You're in a war. And last week we showed how our basis, our foundation, Jesus became a man and came to earth and died and was buried and raised again for us. And now, this week's little message, you are your own worst enemy. 
I remember a situation. Everybody was talking about all the persecution they were getting from all these people and all the persecution they were walking through. And I remember standing there and I was talking to God and I said, you know what? I don't have any of that. I said, I know who my enemy is and it's me. I said, I don't have to worry about the other enemies. I got to deal with me. You know, I don't even like me. This is the only thing I got. This is the only one you gave me. It's me. And I'm not real happy with what you gave me. But what am I going to do? I'm stuck with me. I'd turn me in if I could. I'd get a refund. But I can't. I'm the only thing I got. You know, that's the love of God. Because you're the first one you have to love. And it is not easy when you find out what you really are. You don't like you anymore. But thank God, God does. And with that, we're going to look at a couple things today of why you are your own worst enemy. And the first one, go with me to 1 John 3, verse 20. This is the Apostle John speaking, the Apostle of Love, as they called him. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. If our heart condemn us, have you ever let your heart condemn you? It wasn't another person that John is referring to here that condemned them. It was their own heart. My heart used to condemn me all the time. There was a constant battle between me and me. And it was my own heart. And it would tell me, you can't do this. Oh, God's going to find out what you're really like. What's he going to do when he finds out what I'm really like? I mean, even the thought process is dumb. Like God didn't already know. If our heart condemns us, if your heart becomes your enemy, thank God there is a way out. You're in a war. And right now, in this case, the war is with your own heart. You know, Jesus said that. He said, it's out of the heart the things that defile us. Jesus never said, some of you don't have this problem. No, Jesus said, out of your own heart, that defiles you. And then it gives us a nice little list of everything that you see in your own heart. You know what? Jesus already knows. And you know what this verse says? God is greater. God is greater than your heart. Do you see that? God is greater than your heart. Don't ever forget that, because you're going to need it. God is greater than your heart. And you know what else is greater than your heart? The Word of God. The Word of God is a thousand times greater than your heart. A thousand times greater. We'll go on. For if our heart condemneth, us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what your heart is telling you. He knows your heart is telling you that everybody else is going to make it but you. He knows your heart's telling you everybody sees how much you're failing. Your own heart. I'm going to be in poverty forever. I'm never going to get out of this. I'm not talking about the devil. I'm talking about your own heart. Your own heart. We haven't even gotten to the devil yet. The devil doesn't even need to bother you yet. I mean, he's saying, leave her alone. She's going to do this on her own. She doesn't need my help. 
That's what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? But God is greater than your heart and knoweth all things. With that, turn with me to Romans 5. I'm going to read from verse 8. But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, while we were the mess, Christ died for us. If you go on, it says, much more than being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Jesus. What did he say in that translation this morning? He said, I'm the one that saves. If when we were enemies, we were what? We were reconciled to God. When you were God's enemy is when God brought you back to him. And how did he bring you back to him? Through the blood of his own son, Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus. It just said that we were justified. We were redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Not our actions. Not our feelings. Not our heritage. If you think that being in a denomination for four generations gets you anything with God, you've missed it. You're going to hell if you think that's what saves you. There is only one way out. There is only one Savior. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus. He knows what a mess you are. He knows what a mess you were when he called you. He knew you were going to be a mess before you were even born. Did you ever consider that? He knew what you were going to get yourself into. He knew what you were like before you were even born. And he sent Jesus to die for you anyway. Anyway. You were reconciled to him anyway. What do we have to do when our heart condemns us? What do we do when we have to deal with our own heart? Go with me to 1 John 2. Little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. Great. But what if you just sinned? Thank God there's another clause to this contract. And if any man sin. Notice he's saying here, little children. He's talking to born-again Christians. You know, there are some of us that think that once we're born again, we were made perfect. And then we get all frustrated because we don't act perfect. You weren't made perfect when you were born again. John chapter 1, that we get the authority to become the sons of God when we're born again. You just get the way in when you're born again. You get the spirit of Jesus in you. And then Jesus saves you. It's not just a one-time thing. But there is some mindset, there are some religions that say, once you were born again, you got it made. You're perfect. And you know what? After five minutes of born again, you know that can't be true. Do you know how many times, and I will share this with you. We talked about this this morning. That after we're born again, we are baptized in the Holy Ghost. And that baptism in the Holy Ghost is the down payment, the earnest of our inheritance. That we are sealed with. You are sealed with the Holy Ghost when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Oh, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus was. He had to be. You think we might have to be too? You know what's wonderful about having the baptism in the Holy Ghost? It says it is our seal of our salvation. Seals us that we're born again. 
if you've got the baptism in the Holy Ghost and you can speak in tongues. Do you know how many times when I was in the wilderness and things were really bad, I'd go in my bedroom and I'd speak in tongues just to prove to myself I was born again. I would say, I'm speaking in tongues. I got to be born again. Have to be. You can't speak in tongues. You can't get the baptism of the Holy Ghost unless you have the spirit of Jesus in you. And I used to say, okay, we got that far. We got that much down. Oh, there are days you wonder, you wonder if you are born again. When God starts dealing with the heart, when he starts bringing that stuff to the surface, there are days you wonder, am I even born again? How do we overcome those days? It used to take me days to come out of those, those wrestlings with my own soul. How do we come out of it? Well, here, one of the things, if we have sinned, it says, I say unto you, little children, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins, the appeasement, the one that paid for it. And not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for the whole world. Do you get that? He didn't pluck you out and then say, Ah, oh, I made a mistake. I'm going to throw her back. He didn't do that. He died for the whole world. How do you keep it? Turn with me to Romans 4. Verse 19. This is Abraham, Abraham showed us how to overcome our condemned heart. Abraham showed us how to walk when we don't feel like we deserve anything, when we don't feel our faith. You know, sometimes we think that faith has to be a feeling. Faith is not a feeling. You got that? Faith is not a feeling. Faith is a spirit. You can have no faith feelings and it still work because faith is a spirit it is not your feelings it's nice to have faith and feel it but your faith will work through that condemnation if you will let it if you will use it and this is how Abraham overcame his own feelings you don't think Abraham had feelings verse 19 and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead. He considered not. Notice, he does not say that it's not happening. He just doesn't consider it. He doesn't consider it. There's a difference. There's a religion that says you deny it. That leg is not broken. That leg is not broken. It's in two pieces over there. No, Abraham didn't consider his body now dead. What did he do? He considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and fully persuaded. There's the faith working. That what God had promised, what God had promised, he didn't consider his own body. What did he consider? He considered the promise. He considered the promise. There is something that I pray, and I have been praying it, I find a lot lately, because I'm overcoming some things. And I got it from Smith Wigglesworth. But it works for me. And I stand there, sometimes right after I get up in the morning. I refuse to consider what I see. 
I refuse to consider how I feel. I only consider, like Abraham, I only consider what I believe. I only consider what I believe. And what do I believe? Jesus died for me. He was buried for me. He was raised again for me. When he was on the cross, he had my sicknesses, my diseases, my poverty, my sin, my iniquity, my welfare. That's what I will believe. I will not consider what I see. I will not consider what I feel. I will only consider what I believe. You know what? Sometimes it takes a little while but I break through every time. It used to take me days. So what if it takes you days? You get there. He considered only the promise of God, and our promise is that the death, burial, and resurrection for us already happened. And what we see and what we feel don't matter. The Word of God cannot be broken. I only consider what I believe. And that faith rises above those feelings. It is an exercise. You won't get it the first day or the second day. Hopefully, by the grace of God, you do. But you keep at it. Why? That's how Abraham did it. And Abraham got the promise of God. And like it says in Romans 3, when we believe, that truth will abound through the lie in your body and your circumstances and the power of God will come through. And you'll get what you're believing. You will get what you're believing. Your faith will work. It has been promised. It cannot fail. God does not fail. The only thing that fails is we quit. The only thing that fails is we quit. Don't quit. And if we quit, get back on the horse. Jesus said to his disciples, the disciples said, Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother? Till seven times? And Jesus turned around and said, not seven times, 70 times seven. And Peter went, you got to be kidding me. 490 times. Now, do you think that Jesus would tell the apostles that they had to forgive their brother 490 times in a day and he wouldn't do the same? He would be unjust. He would be unjust. You're going to fall maybe a thousand times. Get back up. Get back up. I will not consider how I just acted. I'm going to consider only what I believe. You watch that faith come through. You know where you got that faith? Jesus. Jesus gave you the faith. You didn't have it. Jesus gave it to you. And he gave you enough for you to walk. Now, I want to go to the next one. Your own worst enemy, your head. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 3, 18. Let no man deceive himself. This is the Apostle Paul talking. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Look at that again. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, that guy's got a Ph.D. 
That one has a master's degree. This one's been teaching for 30 years. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Do you see that? The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own foolishness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise. They are vain. Vain, empty, useless. If you think that your brain makes you better than the next person, you've missed it by a long shot. If you think that you don't have enough education, if you think that you don't have enough degrees, if you think that you don't have enough wisdom of this world or street smarts to walk in the gospel, you have missed it. God calls all of that vain, vain, empty, useless. I remember Smith Wigglesworth gave a wonderful testimony. He went to a meeting of a bunch of theologians and they were all sitting around the tables. Smith Wigglesworth is trying to minister to them. They're at the hotel and they're being waited on. Smith is talking to them. And out of all of these, what do he call, uh, hi-hats, the Spirit of God moved and they hear somebody break out in tongues. And he says they all turned around to look. Who? Who? Speaking in tongues. It was the servant girl. None of the brains got it. You would do yourself a big favor to take your brain and stick it in your pocket. Because it's going to get in your way. Now, one more verse. Let's go to Philippians 3. Verse 4, though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any man think that he has whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. This guy was the cream of the crop of the Jews. But what things were gained to me? The best education. He sat underneath Gamaliel. He was a big guy. I mean, this guy had it all. He had the degree. And what do you have to do? I counted loss for Christ. He wanted Jesus. He had to lay it all down to get Jesus. Do you see that? He had to lay that all down to get Jesus. He said, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. Dung. Do you know what dung is? Follow a cow for a while. And what comes out the back end is dung. That's what Paul had to call it. He had to call his walking blameless in the law dung. He had to call his education dung to do what? To win Jesus. He had to count his heritage dung. He had to count his lifestyle dung. His social level dung to get Jesus. 
You want Jesus? Do you want to walk in the power that Jesus walked in? Do you want to walk like he did? You're going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to lay down, count it down, your education. You're going to have to count it down, your intellect, because it's worthless. You're going to have to count it down, your heritage, your generations, where you came from, how much money you make. You're going to have to count it all down. You're going to have to count your being poor and in poverty down. Some people, they think that makes them more holy. Being poor makes them holy. You're going to have to count that dung. If you want Jesus, we are our own worst enemy. One more. I want you to go to John 5, verse 44. Put this in your little pocket. How can you believe? Do you see those first words? How can you even believe? Which receive honor one of another. And seek not the honor that cometh from God only. How can you believe if you seek the honor one of another? If you live off of somebody else's flattery, you won't be able to believe. If you live off of what other people think about you, you won't be able to believe. You won't. You're going to have to come to a place where you don't care what people think about you. Your heart's going to have to get there. And you know what? If you want to follow God, he's going to find a way for you to get there when you don't even ask him. I learned how to walk in the power of the gospel. I learned how to use my faith and get blessed, get the money I needed, get the health I needed, get my children what they needed. It came through counting everything dung, including what my friends thought. It's worth it. If you got any guts, it's worth it. You don't have to listen to what your heart says. Your heart lies. What is greater than your heart? The word of God. God is greater than your heart. Preach to your own heart. Don't consider what you see or what you feel. Only consider what you believe. And what do we believe? We believe the gospel, that Jesus died for us, that he was buried for us, and that he was raised again for us. Now, you can't even start that. Jesus can't even begin leading you until he is in you. You must be born again. A church didn't say it. Society didn't say it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. The one that you say is your Savior. He's the one that said you must be born again. How are you born again? Romans 10 says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and that you confess with your mouth, Jesus be Lord of my life. You'll be saved. So you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Take over. Lead me. Guide me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name. And whatever you ask... That is the Father's will. You will receive. That's a promise. And the word of God cannot be broken.
Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.